Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Nashville suicide bomber driven by terrorism or loneliness. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Have I got a story for you? <laughs> well, I'm sure by now you've heard about the Nashville uh, attack, the bomb, the RV that exploded in the middle of Nashville on Christmas Day. But this story is just uh, fascinating. You know, they, uh, the details are still being uh, revealed. So I am going to be telling you about it and my theories about the whole thing uh, based upon however much information has been revealed so far. You know, it's so fascinating because I have been obsessed with this um, for <laughs> over, for, for, since it began. And, um, you know, looking up, searching the internet for more details. And, you know, it's the Nancy Drew in me coming out. I used to be <laughs> obsessed with Nancy Drew books when I was little and always wanted to be Nancy Drew. <laughs> so here I go. Um, what's interesting is that uh, when you look on the internet, when you research something on the internet in the news, you know, there are, there's the mainstream media, and then there are different political kinds of media and so on. I'm not talking about the politics um, right now, but what I am talking about is how I have found through the years that um, magazine or newspapers like um, the Daily Mail or The Sun, which are both UK newspapers, um, similar to the National Enquirer, <laughs> and a National Examiner and Globe, um, those papers, now granted they, they a lot of times pay people for information, however they get it, they manage to get the information before uh, mainstream media and or they are willing to report it before um, it has been verified a hundred times over. But they have scooped a lot of stories, you know, um, I don't make fun of them. <laughs> uh, they have scooped a lot of stories. It's just that they are willing to report some things before other papers who need to dot the I's and cross the T's 50 times. Anyhow, um, so when you start looking for things, it is you can find some uh, details that you won't find in other places on papers like that. Okay, so back to the Nashville suicide bomber. Um, now, again, he is the alleged bomber, 
because um, I'll, as I'll tell you later on, there is someone else they are questioning, but all, um, you know, all things seem to point to him, not just in these tabloids. Okay, so uh, as I said, I'm calling today's show Nash Nashville suicide bomber driven by terrorism or loneliness. Now, when I first heard about this story, um, I tweeted, what did I tweet? I tweeted, the thing that got me first was that they were calling it an intentional act. And so I tweeted, Nashville bombing is described as intentional act equals euphemism for terrorism. I mean, when, whenever they say intentional acts or other kinds of euphemisms, you know that they are trying to avoid saying terrorism. Uh, I wrote, RV warned of explosion. Unclear if suicide bomber was inside. Hallmark of terror attack equals time or place. So Christmas equals suspicious. In other words, what I'm saying is try, I was trying to figure out, you know, whether it was a terror attack um, and whether it was a radical Islamist terror attack or what. And I was trying to weigh all the evidence that had come out thus far. And so far, the fact that it was on Christmas was suspicious. And I wrote, like attacks on churches and other non-believer symbols. Because as you know, uh, terrorists like to pick places or times or something. They don't just pick random places or random times. Um, they pick things that, um, you know, where there is, where there is a significance. So, um, so that was the first thing. It happened on Christmas morning. Um, now, is this, as I talk to you, uh, tell you more details, you can ask yourself about whether this was an, at an at intention to terrorize other people, or was he self-destructing with rage about life's disappointments? Um, he wasn't described as an angry man. You know, the um, police and detectives have, and FBI and so on are questioning, of course, all his neighbors and anybody who knew him. And they, they describe, they hardly knew him. They describe him as someone who was a loner, um, but not as an angry man. And in fact, uh, they talk about his dogs, how he was so kind to his dogs and so on, but he kept to himself and he had a fence around his property and he had do not trespass signs around his property and around his RV. And the way that they got to this man, whose name, by the way, is Anthony Quinn Warner. He's 63 years old. He was born on January 17th, 1957. The way that they got to him was that the RV camper that was parked in downtown Nashville uh, that exploded was recognized by some people as belonging to him. And that's how they got to him. Um, now, Christmas is, of course, the loneliest time, can be the loneliest time of the year, especially this year with coronavirus. And if you don't have anyone to be with, um, or if you are, have been made to be afraid to be with other people because of the warnings about coronavirus, it can be the most lonely day of the year. Now, let me first tell you about the, uh, describe the incident, and then I'll tell you more about him. So, it was a bomb blast. It was, um, it occurred, as I said, in Midtown Nashville, near the AT&T building. 
Um, and also there were other shops. It was, it was a, a center of town where there were shops and offices and restaurants. And it would have been crowded at that time of day. It happened at around six in the morning. And it would have been crowded even at that early time, people uh, you know, going to work or whatever, if it hadn't been Christmas. So it was pretty well, um, there, there weren't many people there. I mean, there weren't any tourists or um, people going to restaurants because they couldn't. Um, and, and, but there were people who lived near there. So there were a number of people, there were buildings that were uh, shaken and um, you know, people who lived there were, were uh, describe it as, um, as such an incredible shaking and so on. So people were, and there were at least three injuries uh, to people. And there were 41 or so businesses damaged. And um, the, so far, the um, authorities are saying that they think that it was uh, that the AT&T building was targeted or the, AT, you know, the offices of AT&T were targeted because that was where the RV was parked, right outside the AT&T building. Um, now, what was really fascinating was that a recording came out of the building, uh, came out of the building, came out of the RV. The RV, there, was, uh, an, there were announcements coming from the RV blaring out and it said, this vehicle has a bomb. If you can hear this message, you need to evacuate. And the recording started playing shortly after 5.30, and it continued for approximately 30 minutes. And then it changed to a 15-minute countdown, urging people to evacuate. Now, um, this has some significance, as I'll tell you in a minute, about whether it was a radical Islamist or not. Um, now, most fascinating, of course, it played P Petula Clark's song. Um, you may know this song, it's called Downtown. It came out in 1964, and um, I'll tell you about the words to it, but basically it talks about how uh, go down, if you're feeling lonely, you should go downtown, and you know that's where the RV was parked. And I think that that has, um, the biggest significance in the sense that this was a man who was incredibly, incredibly lonely. Now, he was also somewhat paranoid because his RV camper was covered in cameras. And um, people who work there say that the um, camper was stalking um, the area, you know, you know, staking out, I guess you should say, staking out the area for weeks. It had been driving around and um, you know, figuring out where it should park and what time it should park and all those and what buildings were around there and businesses and so on. Um, so, was this a? How can you tell? So that was the first thing I wanted to try to decide before I called it a radical Islamist terror attack. Um, I wanted to figure out what things pointed in the direction of radical Islam and what things didn't. First of all, as I was starting to mention, the fact that it was on Christmas uh, made it seem like it could be a radical Islamist ISIS, Al-Qaeda, or a similar terror attack. Uh, we've seen, in, for example, in France, a lot of churches have been destroyed. And of course, this has to do with um, 
trying to destroy unbelievers. Um, also, something that pointed in the direction of it being a radical Islamist attack was the fact that um, at first, the first thing that got people to call 911 was that they heard shots fired. And um, they called 911. And so first responders came to the area of the RV to where they were hearing the, the announcement. So, um, you know, could, um, on the one hand, could that then be to gather more first responders and have, you know, if we know if it's ISIS or Al Qaeda, they want to have the greatest number of deaths and injuries. So uh, theoretically, that would be one way to get them by having this time delay to gather more first responders. Well, I'm going to stop here because I see that we are, all, we need to, we need to take a break. But I have so much to tell you about this man. Um, uh, let me just, when, when we come back, I'll continue with com com comparing whether it's radical Islam or not. And at this point, um, well, it doesn't seem like it is, but there were things that you had to consider. So when we come back, I will tell you about those things and why I think that it was not a radical Islamist attack. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today, we're solving a murder. <laughs> well, actually, actually, no, no murders. <laughs> well, actually, uh, they, are, they have found uh, human, what they believe is human tissue at the site. And the question now is, um, is this the suicide bomber? Is this Anthony Quinn Warner, uh, the person who is believed to be the one who uh, caused his RV to um, blow up in downtown Nashville. And so they are taking this, uh, comparing this human tissue to that of his mother. So I guess you could say in a, it is a murder in a way. It's a suicide, actually, a suicide bomber. It's a, someone was killed. Um, but fortunately, there were no murders. But it is a... <laughs> It's not a murder uh, mystery, but it certainly is a mystery. So I was, before, before the break, I was comparing um, the things that would make it likely to be a radical Islamist terror attack and those that would make it not likely uh, such an attack. So I was mentioning Christmas, that would be a likely sim symbolism for it being a terror attack. Um, the shots being fired that called the first responders and then having time before the actual bomb went off so that, so that uh, it would accumulate the most first responders possible to be around that area. Um, and then, um, I guess, and then I was mentioning the suicide bomber, you know, there were human remains. Um, a bomb in inside a parked vehicle that is often of course the uh, that's a typical way that terrorist Islamist terrorists um, create attacks and then the fact that it was in the middle of the city uh, made it dramatic of course and that's you know going along with a radical Islamist attack um, and then also there was this interesting little uh, tidbit that has not really been reported very widely um, about how the FAA designated the Nashville skies as a national defense airspace. So it made one, they did this pretty quickly, pretty soon after the, um, 
the blast. Um, and so the question is, were they worried about a 9-11 type attack? Were they worried that planes in the sky were going to attack um, parts of Nashville? So those were things that would speak for it being a radical Islamist attack, but then there are a lot of things that um, are against it. For example, uh, no terror group has claimed responsibility. Um, this 15 minute countdown warning, although yes, it could have increased the number of first responders gathering around the RV, which again is a typical um, radical Islamist technique to kill as many, you know, first they have one small bomb go off and then they have another one on a delay to kill as many first responders as possible. But you can look at it a different way. Um, was it a warning to have people not stay near the RV? You know, did he, because as I said, um, Anthony Quinn Warner was described uh, as a nice man, a kind man, and it is thought that he would not necessarily have wanted to have a, a ton of deaths and injuries. Then um, it seems like there may have been a more personal motive for this attack. Um, notably, his father worked for Bell South, uh, the telephone company, Bell South, and that was bought over or subsumed under AT&T. And so could it be there's the possibility that his father was perhaps demoted or was had to ha take a, um, a cut in pay because, you know, it was taken over uh, by AT&T. Um, you know, did his, was, did his father lose something because of this? And is that why was he aiming at AT&T because of this? I mean, it is, it is kind of a, a major uh, tidbit that his father worked for a company that, you know, that then became subsumed under AT&T, which is where the RV was parked. I mean, you can't, it's hard to ignore that. Um, then, um, also what's interesting is that because a lot of wireless and a lot of cell, um, there were cell outages and Wi-Fi outages, and for example, um, stores, uh, around that area couldn't uh, process credit cards. So you could say, was it to interrupt people, you know, charging things because he, because of the um, materialism of Christmas? Um, was that a personal thing or was that, you know, a radical Islamist thing? Um, then also, um, of course, then there are other issues that that I'm going to get into now that speak to a more personal motive. So those are the kinds of things that one has to look at to try to figure out whether it was um, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, or some other terrorist organization, or whether there was a more personal motive. So now we get into the psychological stuff. Um, okay, first of all, uh, Anthony Quinn Warner was, as I said, a loner. Um, he, he lived in this house and people, his neighbors said that they didn't see anybody coming or going into his house. He worked, um, as an IT person and he worked on burglar alarms. He had a burglar alarm company and he fixed broken computers. Um, and, 
so it's really kind of interesting because all of those those kinds of uh, jobs uh, or interests really relate to someone who, <laughs> I mean, I'm putting it together, IT and burglar alarms uh, and, and I guess the broken computers. I mean, obviously this is somebody who knew how to rig an RV uh, to do all the things that this RV did before it exploded. And, and of course the explosion as well. He was knowledgeable in all of the things that he needed to be to make this happen. So um, the RV had been parked outside his home uh, and then um, he, he was tinkering with it in the months, in the months before Christmas um, neighbors say that he was tinkering with his RV. And then uh, two weeks ago, the RV was no longer on his property. And they don't really know where it went, but clearly it could have been somewhere where he had more privacy to put the finishing touches on, um, on the RV so that it would explode, you know, whatever else he had to do to add to the RV to make it work for his um, attack. Now his father uh, was named Charles B. Warner. And um, he, as I said, he was worked for um, Southern Bell, um, I mean Bell South, and until 2006 when AT&T took it over. Then his father died in 2011 after he had spent some time in hospice. So either, you know, that makes one wonder, either his father was, uh, suffered some kind of a, either a, a demotion or a cut in pay or something from AT&T taking over. And um, Anthony wanted to get back at AT&T for doing that to his father. Or <laughs> he hated his father. And, um, and this was symbolic of, you know, how he felt about his father. He had a brother, Stephen L. Warner, who died in 2018 of cancer. So when his father died uh, in 2011, the house that his father was living in was deeded to his brother, um, was deeded to Anthony's brother, not the father's brother, <laughs> the brother of the alleged bomber, Anthony. And he was the uh, executive um, of his brother's estate. And he took his, the house and he put it in his own name one month before his brother died. Um, and his mother, Anthony's mother, was not very happy with this. And she filed a lawsuit to try to stop this because she said it was in Anthony's self-interest. Um, so, you know, so, okay. So the only, he didn't really have a lot of people, um, any relatives, his, his father was dead, his brother was dead. Uh, they both had died in this past decade. He had a sister and a nephew and a mother. But, um, you know, it was his mother angry at him for what he did with the house and was she not inviting him over for Christmas? I mean, you know, um, it, just because he, ha he had very few relatives and friends, uh, it's questionable if he had any friends. And so it seems like he would have been very lonely during during um, Christmas. So um, he also had had a number of dogs 
but it seems according to one neighbor the dogs had all died by now by by this christmas explosion so it seemed like he had no one and that goes along with um the song that he was playing uh patula clock's song downtown um i will i will spare you <laughs> from me singing it but um let's see here we go <laughs> uh the first line is when you're alone and life is making you lonely you can always go <laughs> downtown i almost spared you when you've got worries all the noise and the hurry seems to help i know downtown and so on um you know it's well let me just listen to the music <laughs> just listen to the music of the traffic in the city linger on the sidewalk where the neon signs are pretty how can you lose the lights are much brighter there you can forget all your troubles forget all your cares and so on um you should look it up you can hear uh some of the other lyrics as well and um you know it's 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 a song it's a very wistful song that somebody who's feeling lonely you know it seems like this was his message to the world um being angry that he was left alone that he feels that nobody cares about him nobody loves him um you know it's his it's his uh, suicide note basically um so I was saying he had a, a number of dogs and uh, this neighbor who was talking about how kind he was, he talked about how um, Anthony had built a ramp when the dogs got older and they had trouble getting up the stairs, he built a ramp for them. Now there's an interesting picture of him uh, in his high school yearbook. Uh, he has, it's a picture from 1974. He was a junior or senior and um, he uh, he has long hair, looked kind of like a hippie, and it's hard to, he has a, a strange smile, kind of like a Mona Lisa smile, where it's hard to know whether he's, um, whether he is um, feeling, um, you know, whether he's feeling happy or sad or what that smile means. Again, I recommend that you try to find it and uh, you may, you decide what you think it means. Well, I need to take another break. Oh, there's so much, so much to tell you about this man. He is such an, and I haven't even gotten to the, uh, well, to one of the most interesting parts, but I will in the next segment, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where I am play, playing Nancy Drew today, and, um, delving into, you can't believe how many hours it took me to dig up all of this information about Anthony Quinn Warner, who is the alleged suicide bomber um, from the Nashville Christmas uh, explosion. And so we're talking today, was he driven by terrorism or loneliness? And um, I pretty much have have pretty much ruled out terrorism in terms of radical Islamist terrorism, but but it's you know this is this is relatively new. It just happened on Christmas, and um, so I, I'm talking now about him, and it does seem as though he has more personal motives. Although uh, besides loneliness, which I described as his suicide note when he played 
Petula Clark's uh, song, Downtown, um, and that blared out of the RV while he was warning everybody to stay away from the RV because there was going to be an explosion that there was the countdown to. So, um, so let me tell you some more. Oh, I was telling you about his high school yearbook picture. Yes, you have to see that. Um, now, before, now, what I, where I really am going, what I really think happened is that, I mean, I'm kind of, I've been implying this. I think that he has some mental illness. That's where we're going. Um, what kind, I don't know, perhaps, uh, obviously there is paranoia involved, whether he is a paranoid schizophrenic, it is certainly possible. Um, whether he ha could have just a paranoid personality disorder, but he has typical signs of a paranoid schizophrenic, um, notably being a loner. Schizophrenics are loners. He was never married. Um, they described him as childless, but I am going to tell you about something that puts that into question. He always lived alone. He was described as an oddball. Um, he he would have heard the downtown song the uh in that came out in 1963-64 he was approximately six or seven years old um as i said he put no trespassing signs all around his house and especially around the rv um there is the fbi or people who are investigating this the police and so on are thinking that he might have been driven by uh, thinking that 5G was a conspiracy. You know, that. have you heard about the 5G conspiracy? There, was, there have been conspiracy theories going around, especially during coronavirus, where um, some people are saying, and I don't know the answer to this, but some people have been saying that, um, that 5G is uh, going to be used, or the reason why it's coming out is to use it at, to spy on Americans. And I'm certainly in, in, in the UK, that was also a, a big deal. You know, there were lots of conspiracy theories that came out in the UK about 5G and there were lots of protests and so on. There is certainly a question about whether it can cause cancer. Um, so that may, since his father died of cancer, I mean, his brother died of cancer and it seems like his father may have died of cancer as well because as I said, he was in a hospice before he died. So perhaps that's it, you know, perhaps he is trying to, um, 5G of course is connected to AT&T there. <laughs> Surely you may have seen those ads where, uh, you know, they are advertising that AT&T is advertising that they have 5G um so was that it was he against 5g either because uh it was spying he believed the theory the conspiracy theory that it was being used to spy on americans or um or that it caused coronavirus or uh or that it caused cancer which is like the more likely of those three things um i mean there have been experiments actually talking about talking about electricity and and waves and so on uh, in regard to cancer. That's not such a leap uh, or conspiracy, but in any case. Um, so was he trying to destroy AT&T because, because they are uh, promoting, they are uh, providing 5G, and so he's angry that his father and brother died of cancer? These are things, these are going to be um, down the line to find out. 
But um, at his house, the neighbors have said that he was tinkering with his antenna. He had a big antenna on the side of his house. And they somehow are connecting that to the possibility that he was um, obsessed with 5G and the conspiracy theories in regard to it. Um, now, here, here's the big bomb. Um, in, in August 2018, he acquired a house at 3724 Bakertown Road in Antioch, which is a neighborhood of um, Nashville, which is where he lived. He went to Antioch High School and so on. And he, um, that is the house that he got from his brother who had gotten it from his father. And it was worth about $160,000. And then um, in January, so that was August of 2018. In January 2019, he gave the house via quick claim to a woman named Michelle Louise Swing. She is a 29-year-old woman who lives in Los Angeles, and, but she had came from Tennessee. And um, he... Uh, and then uh, he deeded another house to her, quick claimed another house to her, one month before the December 25th, the, um, in fact, it was November 25th, a month exactly before Christmas. He deeded her another house, a two-story red brick house said to be worth around 249000 Now, also on Bakertown Road. Now, you will, there are various uh, amounts given for the value of these houses. You know, you'll see that. You can find different amounts. That's really not the important part of how much they're worth. What's important, <laughs> or what is mysterious, is why he gave this woman two houses. Now, um, at first it came out that he had deeded her the house a month before Christmas. And when that came out and she was contacted, she said, oh, I don't know this man. I, you know, I don't know why he did that. I didn't have to sign it to, uh, to, you know, to get the quick claim deed, um, which was true. Her signature was not on the latest house. Um, but as it turns, so, so she kind of got away with that for a little while saying, I don't know him. I don't know why he gave me a house. And then it turned out that it was found that he had given her another house previously in January, 2019. And in that house, she um, quit claimed that house to somebody else, to another, to a woman, an 85 year old woman named Betty Christine Lane. Um, and, and that she's kind of a mystery too. So, um, so presumably her name, this, um, the name of the Los Angeles woman, um, Michelle Louise Swing, her name would have been on certainly the, um, the quick claim deed from her to this 85 year old woman. So she couldn't deny <laughs> that she had knew this man in some way, okay? Um, and then she started saying that, uh, that um, uh, she started directing people to the FBI, like she didn't want to answer any more questions. But she's still saying or she, that she never met him is where it stands now. That, that may not, well not be true, but um, that is what she is saying. Um, now, what's significant, and I, in my, I had made a tweet um, uh, 
I did a tweet, my second tweet about this, which has over 5,000, uh, over 5,000 um, uh, impressions and so on. Um, here, I wrote Nashville Explosion. I, I did this 21 hours ago. So Nashville Explosion, intriguing new clues. One, the first clue was person of interest, Anthony Quinn Warner quick claimed home to Michelle Swing, and I put in parentheses, daughter, question mark, before attack equals parting gift. So I was saying, my, my theory was that he had had sex with some woman who gave birth to a daughter, um, this Michelle Swing, um, and he felt guilty that he hadn't been in this daughter's life or he hadn't paid any child support or something. And so he knew he was going to die in this suicide bombing and he wanted to give her a gift to sort of make up for not being in her life. Um, and then I went on to talk about the FAA and so on. But in any case, um, and now it has come out, <laughs> finally it has come out, uh, it was reported in one uh, online in one news, I think the Sun. That's why I was saying before about how you know the Sun and the Daily Mirror and all that. They, they if they find out the facts or report the facts, are willing to report the facts sooner than some of the other papers. Um, so anyhow, now it's come out that he may well have had a relationship to Michelle's uh, mother. So, um, so that's. <laughs> dot dot dot. So I think my theory might well that I had from the very beginning, uh, as proven by my tweet, <laughs> may well be true. Um, what else did I want to say? There's so there is actually. Let's see. Um, she and oh, and her work. This is interesting. Her work um, actually. She is. She's involved in entertainment and um, different projects. She currently works for AEG, which is a, you know, it's, um, she lives in downtown LA and she works for AEG, which is an entertainment company that has different entertainment venues all over. And the fascinating thing is that they were working on a project to build a $44 million entertainment complex in Nashville called Nashville Yards. So, um, you know, but clearly she would have, that, that's kind of a current thing, which is now on hold. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, but clearly it would seem like she knew him from way before that, especially if it was her mother who, um, you know, who had had sex with um, Anthony. So I just want to add one little thing. I mean, there's so much else to talk about, but um, there's, don't, I know you won't listen to this if it's a, an hour and a half. So I'm trying to distill it down to the most important. Well, first of all, oh, one thing that's important is that um, apparently there were at least two people who notified the police before Christmas. In fact, in 2019, they told the police that he was making bombs in his RV that was parked at his home. And here we have another example uh, as I have mentioned in regard to ter real terrorists um, previously, how, how in fact the authorities had been warned and yet they didn't do anything to stop the ultimate terror attack. Now, I just want to say, to be fair to um, Anthony, 
um, now that I have analyzed why, what his motives are or were, um, there is, uh, police are also going to question a 41-year-old man who was stopped in his RV by Madison County sheriffs in March. They're going to go back to this man if they can find him. <laughs> um, and when they, they had stopped this man, and he, they noted that he was his RV had been fitted with a PA system, and the driver was also said to have had two AR-15 rifles. Dun dun dun. So he seems suspicious, and there had been questions at the beginning as to whether there was more than one person responsible for this attack. So I'm just mentioning that to get Anthony off the hook. <laughs> If, in fact, it turns out that he wasn't um, the one who did it. But I must say, I think I will be very surprised if it turns out that the DNA doesn't match Anthony Quinn Warner's mother. Now, of course, this is sad. Fortunately, there were no deaths, uh, three injuries, but they weren't life-threatening. And yes, of course, it's sad that there were 41 businesses, at least, that were damaged. And, you know, the downtown looks like a war zone. That is very sad. But what's also sad is that um, people, is that Anthony Quinn Warner didn't get, well, I assume he didn't get, or he wasn't currently getting, or he wasn't getting good psychiatric treatment. And his um, life of being a loner um, really finally got to him when it was Christmas and he had nobody to be with. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.